welcome back to Try Not To Die. I'm your DM, your dwarven mischief maker, Noah Preto, and I'm here with our lone hero. Lisa Condemi, a.k.a. Gorgonzola. Loaded dice, loaded allies. <laughs> yes, everybody you are now currently in league with um, is a, a potentially a danger to your existence. Oh, um, and also, I just meant Loda as in she's drunk. Oh, okay, okay. She's not rich. I want to no, also. No, she's yeah. not rich. She's at loaded all. as in she's drunk. She's but... loaded as in loaded up. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, speaking of loaded, everyone grab your the strongest ale you can, the starkest grog, and let's just jump in to the recap. Last time, our hero faced off against Trick once again. The rogue using mirror image to distract Zola while they hid amongst the furniture within Marfin's study. Hoping to get them out of hiding, Zola used Thunder Wave, unfortunately not only destroying Marfin's desk, but sending the spell scroll she needed flying into the air. Marfin joined Zola in the fray, and the two attempted to pacify Trick, promising that they were only there to help them. Trick was, unfortunately, unconvinced. They only had one thing on their mind, the retrieval of the shard for their employer, Lord Tinderdick. Or Tendersuck. <laughs> Not wanting to hurt them, Zola drew Trick out from hiding so Marfin can cast Banishment to buy them a minute. Trick now on a harmless demiplane, Marfin gave Zola the scroll, telling her that she had exactly a minute before they'd be back, and she got down and began to cast, tracing the arcane sigils and muttering the powerful words. Just as Trick returned, there was a flash, and our hero was successfully teleported to Balderheim, specifically in the back room of Marfin's magnificent magical pop-up located in the small town of Kieselkopf, a borough of the Dwarven city. There she met Gorky, the local caretaker of the shop, who, after some successful persuasion checks, told her she could find housing in the Hammered House, the local tavern, and warned her not to lie to any of the authorities. Taking the advice, Zola walked out into the snowy weather of the northern city, awed by the stunning broke brutalist architecture of this outer structure and this long path that led north towards these massive gates before the Ouroboros Mountains and Balderheim hid within it. Uh, and then she proceeded to lie and lie several times <laughs> to multiple dwarves, eventually getting past the bouncer of the Hammered House to find herself in the warm and welcoming beer hall where the common folk of Kieselkopf partied. Zola got herself a room, taking a moment to catch her breath in her new home, summoning still an end, make a few calls. First, though, she decided to also store a spell in the shard. Sometimes you decide things. Uh, which was something that, you know, uh, if you listen to the afterlife, you know I was touched by my player remembering <laughs> that they could do this. Um, but then, of course, had to immediately <laughs> reprimand them in the form of creating an all-powerful shard being. Something that was unexpected to literally all of us. Filled with life, the new strange being of magic made their debut, finally, eager to make friends and have fun. It was a lot. In a string of obnoxious incidents, the Shard demonstrated its vast power by being an absolute little shit, drastically shifting the environment multiple times and crushing Zola's phone when she tried to talk to Marfin about what was happening. Though she convinced them to repair the Shard, didn't seem keen on Marfin knowing about their power or presence, forcing Zola to keep her calls brief from now on. Eventually, they reached an agreement. More fun later if they let Zola get some stuff done tonight. So, after a quick conversation, the three, the shard stored in her new chainmail, headed downstairs to get a drink and f get a feel for the room of company they might be in. In the main beer hall, Zola chatted with the friendly barkeep, shout out to producer Patty Patrick, uh, to get the lowdown. 
She learned the basics, don't lie, but was also introduced to a Durgar woman who seemed to be a bit of, in a bit of gambling trouble um, with some dwarven golden fist soldiers at a table nearby. Erza, as she was called, was a Durgar of low standing in Balderheim society. She claimed to be of noble blood, but the story on the street was her ancestor was a traitor to the dwarven kind during the maldiction, and her quote-unquote lying made her a member of the lowest caste of Balderheim society. Knowing what it's like to be treated as an outcast, Zola bought a beer and promptly attempted to slide it across the table to her, shattering it on the ground um, and drawing, <laughs> drawing the ire of nearly all of the people at the end of that table. As the Golden Fist soldiers rose to take her down, Erza came to her aid, and after some convincing, the outcasts and the soldiers sat once more at the table, this time to play a game of dice. Brandishing the loaded dice she received from Nella way back in Arc 2, Zola managed to swindle these buffoonish boys out of some gold, and then the three of them managed to have a arm wrestling contest in the middle of this bar. Um, thankfully, Erza bringing them to victory, winning them the pot, and giving them a chance to get a drink and catch up. And that is where we are right now. The four of you, Stilton and the Shard included, leave the table of steaming dwarven... It kind of sounds like they're like steamed dwarven soldiers. <laughs> you leave the table of steaming dwarven soldiers and approach Patrick at the bar. The bards are continuing their jaunty tune and the patrons are now kind of resuming the libations of before. Now that you've emerged victorious, the, the, the drama that was happening is over and you know everyone's kind of returning to their own thing. Erza hops up on a stool and smiles at the older dwarf. I'll have uh, the Hefeschutz, Hefeweizen, and uh, uh, what do you want? Whatever your favorite is. Whatever my favorite is. Well, um, do you like lighter beers, heavier beers? I guess what beers have, has Sola had at Paddlewick? What, mm. what makes its way over there? Probably kind of the lighter stuff, like but not... summer ales. Yeah, like more like summer ales. Probably nothing heavier than a lager. I've never had anything heavier than a lager. Well, um, if you want, we have, in terms of, if you don't want ale, there is stark grog, which is grog, a type of, um, kind of liqueur that is, um, pretty alcoholic. That's what you're looking Seems for. Seems a little early for that. Yeah, what time is it? It's, it's like 10 or something like that, right? I feel like it's nighttime, right? Is it nighttime? And she calls out, and, um, <laughs> you see, like, the bouncer from the outside looks in and goes, yeah. And it, it seems fine to me if you want something. All right, I'll try it. All right, um... Raises a hand and Patrick um, runs over and takes your order. I, I gesture and go, Patrick, I'll close out. <laughs> oh, yeah. D um, you yeah, paying yeah, for these? Up, oh, yeah, yeah. But then wrap up my tab after. Got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> you owe a total of... I think you already marked off some of the I other did, gold. yeah. Mark off the stuff from last right. episode. And I know... I think that we removed the gold that you had donated from Able I did, Point. yeah. So... Um, you you just owe for for two more drinks. It's another like five copper. It's okay. very it's negligible. Um, so yeah, in a mo matter of moments, these two drinks are placed before you. One of them is like this tall flagon of this beautiful golden sort of um, well hefeweizen, uh, and then the other is this smaller glass that is filled with a very murky looking like liquid is a good way of describing it, though it seems slightly more viscous. Cheers to your strong arm, Erza. Cheers to your bravery. Uh, not many people will stand up to the, uh, the goldies, and I've, I'm very surprised. So cheers to you, you drink. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> what was your name again? I, I totally forgot. 
My name's Zola. Nice to meet you, Zola. Nice to meet you. Um, well, what brings you to Balderheim? I've been kind of journeying around. I had never been and decided to uh, come check it out. I'm moving northwards right now. Give me a deception check. Um, I guess you could also argue that this is persuasion since, like, the tail end of it is accurate to what you're saying. So yeah, I'll, I'll I'm trying to, to say you. things that apply and are not necessarily the whole truth. Okay. So I'm going to go with persuasion. Okay. I'm going to have her roll insight. Thirteen. Thirteen. Oh, well, um, it's fun season to pick. I mean, we are entering into the colder season, so you're getting a nice sprinkling of snow, which is, of course, very beautiful. Beautiful. My first time, actually. Well, Doesn't um, really snow where I come from. Wow, that's, I mean, wild. Maybe I, a sprinkle, you know. During and the, during the winter, winter yes. yeah. But not all year round. Yes, it's very, very snowy here most of the, the, the year when you're this high up, yes. And uh, you said you're traveling north. Do you uh, have a means of getting there? No, not right now. I'm kind of uh, feeling my way out. I wasn't sure what the vibe was. Ah. Once you get, you know, north of Balderheim. Have you been? Oh, yes, I'm, I'm actually a uh, guide myself. I, I take those daring enough with me on expeditions into, uh, into the Ouroboros Mountains. Interesting. Yes, so uh, you're, actually, you're in a bit of luck that you met me because I, uh, I'm, I'm eager to go on my next expedition. When did you last, last get back? When was the last one that you, that you mm, went on? Probably uh, about a month now. It's been a little bit. No, I've spent a lot of time here, kind of, you know, showing people who's who and showing people, uh, you know, they cannot forget about me. Of so. course, of course. Do you feel easily forgotten about? No, I am. I have lots of friends. I am. I, I am descendant of nobility. I. I just need to assert that more, you know, because people here they they have all these stories in their heads, and and they're wrong. They're wrong stories. So. Right. Right. That yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, what do you think I might need for a trek up north if, you know, I did decide to become your clientele? Well, first and foremost, you're wearing just, like, chainmail and, like, a, a, a cow-pied tunic. So I probably a, you look good, yes. <laughs> um, but you you probably want something a little heavier. I'm just definitely thinking of getting, like, a cashmere sweater or something while I'm up here. Yeah, you might even want something a little heavier or at least something to put over the cashmere sweater. It is very cold in the mountains, but it is also very hot because I usually travel through uh, mostly the tunnels otherwise to avoid, you know. Uh, tunnels? Yes, uh, there are many to tunnels. To avoid what? I'm getting ahead of myself. Well, if you're looking to travel, you probably will need a guide because not only is Inakra the Dragon King waiting for you in the mountains somewhere if you're not careful, but so are all of his hordes. And, um,. The peaks are watched closely by the white dragon Frigidich and his minions. Take the wrong route, you can get caught by one or the other. That seems like a really perilous job for someone so important to have. Ah, well, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, these people, uh, dwarves are very, uh, very proud. You know, they don't like to admit when they're wrong, but if you present them with enough evidence that they are wrong, they will be forced to admit it. So proving my honor i am i am proving and you see she kind of is like caught off guard by the read that you're giving her because you know she normally she's probably expecting for 
travelers to not know better about her, but right. you spoke to Pat first, so you have a little insight about mm-hmm. her. Um, so she she's kind of like almost on the defensive a little bit. Right. Part of being a noble is having money and being being proven that you are a, a strong warrior and um, th- these expeditions they they do just that and there's things I could get that would that could prove me more noble more worthy if that makes sense sure well I don't want to have to I talking your ear off about my own life yeah we can talk logistics for the journey later but yeah. I, I mean it sounds like you're my guy. Yes, I am more than happy. Um, I will tell you, it, it will cost a total of 500 gold. Um, 250 up front, um, 250 upon completion, and I will, of course, get a split of any of the uh, findings we may find. Oh, perfect, okay. And there so will be findings. I can uh, charge this lunch as a business expense, then. We could just go ahead and put that into the deposit Roll up front. persuasion check. <laughs> Six. It is factored in the cost. Uh, you know, I... Uh, are you short? Do you not have enough cash? No, no, I've got the cash. Do you actually have the cash? <laughs> <laughs> Out of game. Does Zola have the money for this? I almost do. I have, like, just under... I have 200 gold and 80 silver. So you oh, wait, could... no, no, no. I have all this platinum. That's true. So the platinum is... I have 15 is, platinum. That's definitely 500 that's a hun- gold. That's 150 gold right there, 15 platinum. Add a zero to the okay, end is 10 Okay, so yes, gold. I do technically, but that is like most All your of money. my money, pretty much. Well, um... Yeah, I've got it. No problem. I just, you know, I'll probably want to, uh... You know how the freelance life is. I'll probably want to take maybe a job or two around here before, you know, I really get going. I gotta, I gotta buy, you know... The sweater we talked about and provisions. Right. And right. You expect me to provide all that? Do you? Does any of the five hundred gold go towards you know patans? Yes. And you know the various kind of climbing. Yes, I I will provide all of That's that. That's good. Then. Um, and you. So you you might need to pick up some jobs. You say. Yeah. Why? You hiring? Well, I'm not so much hiring as I. Uh, I know some places where we could uh, make some coin in the city. Oh, spend a little cash, huh? Well, you know, you, you should spend a little to make a little. Uh, there's uh, a number of locations within uh, Balderheim proper where we could put some gold on the line to make some gold. And, you know, if we go 50-50 and you pay me the right amount, uh, I'm sure that we could make the money if you're willing to gamble. Some more bets. Many more bets. I'm not the best at lying. Well, it's less about lying and more about skill. I mean, first and foremost, many of them will have to do with strength and proving yourself a a hearty individual, something that dwarves really um, care about. Do you think you can do that? I can absolutely do that. By the way, back there, with the elbow slipping. Right. I just want to make sure we both saw the puddle of beer that was on the table. Oh, yeah. Those, t- those tables are a mess. I can, no offense, can you know, wipe it down with a napkin first. I could definitely hold my own. You think so? Yeah, I think so. You want to test it out? Yeah, five gold. I say that I can beat you. Sure. All right. Roll me an athletic sure. check. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Gorgonzola just, like, <laughs> frantically trying to keep some kind of, like, cool upper hand over this woman who seems so wily. <laughs> just, like, I can really tell I'm going to get talked out of all my gold here. Mm. 26. 29. Fuck. It is a very close one, and I'll say that it goes for quite some time before finally she is able to poof, 
slam your hand on the table. And when she does, she goes, ha! Wow, even stronger than you look. I'm very impressed. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of used to the weaklings in Aurelia. All right, well, at least put the five gold towards some more beers. You know, keep the gold. Your willingness to engage in some gambling is enough. I'm ready for the kind of um, exciting stuff we will get into when we enter Baldurheim proper. Me too. Maybe give me a day or two on that. Let me come back to you. All right. Um... Well, I am planning to leave. Um, and she, you know, she looks down at her wrist. There is no watch there. I was looking to leave maybe in the next 48 hours, if that's okay. But uh, sooner is also good, but two days before. I can make 48 hours happen. Okay. Well, um... You know anywhere where I could get, like, a long sleeve? <laughs> just long sleeves? Yeah, just long sleeves. Yeah, there's Taylor's Terry is There's uh, one of them in Kisokov. Okay. One of those kind of Rene sort of places. Great. Thanks, Arza. Yes, if you want to spend some gold out here and get um, kind of the the bare minimum, so to speak, um, and then when we get to the city, we can get some uh, higher quality stuff. Because you, you're going to want the you higher quality the stuff. The REI. Yeah. Right, yes. And um, would, there is a place you can buy potions out here. Um, okay. Dwarven dealer pieces. Um, but there is a better place um, that has higher quality goods. I may not be able to get in there, but if you could get in, then we will have good good potions, and not the shoddy stuff. Oh, it, that's called um, Zabriar's Emporium of the Arcane. Got it. I'm going to follow up on all of this, and uh, yeah, we'll talk in a day or two. All right. Well, um... I'm just going to keep drinking. Um, I basically stay here, so um, I figured. just let me know when you're ready to go and uh, pay me 250 gold and we will go. Okay. Five, right. or 500 gold? No, 250. 250 up okay. front, yes. Okay, 500 okay. total. Great. Um, the two of you kind of drink a little bit longer. Is there anything else you want to say or talk about with Erza? No, I think Gorgonzola is a little nervous. Mm. Gorgonzola probably thinking about like, okay, now there is a timer on this. That's like most of my money, maybe a little steeper than she thought it was going to be. Like feeling a little bit the absence of all the money that she gave away <laughs> Just now. drops over like 3,000 gold and then it's like, oh shit, I really could have used some of that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Smite, you think you could wire me? Yeah. <laughs> Wire transfer. Yep, I'll invent it for you. No, um, you are. I'm also feeling a shard low. burning in my pocket. Mm. Um, so I probably wrap up my beer and then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go see about you know, getting some like thick woolen socks. Yeah, I, all right, I will. Um, I will be here for when you need me. Okay. Um, you head off out. You want to go shop? Do a little shopping now? Or are you gonna go to bed yeah. now? Okay. You walk out, you know, you finish your drink, you pay, and you head out into the the wintry air that is around you. Snow heavy now falling upon you as you kind of step out into this quaint but strange town of Kisutkov. You do indeed see a number of stores here in this kind of central plaza, so to speak. Um, you do see Dwarf and Diddlepiss's Potion Shop. Um, you also see Taylor Tay's Tailory, which is, you remember Taylor Tay from when you bought that umbrella for Cicero's on uh, Drifton. Oh, right. <laughs> um, so yes, there, uh, and there's also, you know, like some general stores, any sort of like basic things you might want to get. If you, if you have a list, we can mark off the gold and we, you can definitely have it. 
All right. Um, well, I guess I want to go first to Taylor Tay's, and All I'm going right. to look for some warmer clothing. You enter in to this small storefront on the opposite side of the Hammett House, um, and you find it to be filled with luxury, just like these incredibly warm-looking fur coats, scarves, all sorts of, like, very stylish dwarven fashion, um, some plain clothes, some simpler stuff, some workman's gear, kind of everything ranging from the things that the people would need here to the kind of expensive wear that Taylor is trying to, you know, tailor make for the the dwarves here to see if he can get them to let him into the city so he can sell more of his wares. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you um, approach the front and there is a young woman there, a human, and she looks at you and she goes, Hi, um, welcome. How can I help you? Hi, I just got into town and I'm just kind of looking for the bare essentials, maybe some gloves, a hat. Bear essentials? So, like, you want it bear fur? We have that if you want. Polar or regular? No, no fur. Okay, okay. Uh, maybe just, like, something warm. Something warm. Well, do you have any style preferences? Do you just want, like, a jacket? What are the, what are the teens in Balderheim wear? What's, like, hip? How old does this woman look? This woman is um, probably in her early 30s or so. Um, human, so, you know, dark okay. hair, kind of... Um, What's mid-height? cool among like the university crowd? Like, what do oh. they wear? Um, like you a cropped know. cardigan or? Uh, well, it's really cold up here, so there's lots of. I feel like most of the fashionable ones are wearing kind of like fur-lined jackets. You know, like the like the um, Moralian goose jackets that are kind of harvested from goose feathers and right, stuff. Right. Um, and then okay. there is a. Um, um, Balderheim face, which is just like, you know, your standard kind of fleece wear if you're looking for something like that. I'll probably go with the Balderheim. Any colors? Um, I guess white, blue, something that would blend in with the snow. I can definitely do that. Um, she turns and she kind of like goes into the back and comes forward with a, a few hangers that have a range of kind of clothing. <laughs> One of them looks to be kind of, um, more like a puffy winter jacket that's kind of like um, white trim around like a light blue kind of um, thicker kind of fabric. Um, there is some white like kind of fur lining it, mm-hmm. but it seems to be kind of um, there's very little compared to the other mm-hmm. options. And she also brings forward this kind of white cloak that looks to be on the lighter side, kind of more of an outerwear for if you're wearing, let's say, the kind of fuzzier kind of cardigan underneath. Right. Um, and then she brings out this kind of, I don't know if you've ever seen those jackets that are just like big marshmallow puffy jackets. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think I want Gorgonzola to have like on really, like she's like, What's popular? And then winds up picking out like snow pants, a giant marshmallow uh, puffy jacket, (laughs) huge like mitten so that when she's walking, it's just like, shh, 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 shh. So much (laughs) noise. And I noticed that you're wearing Crocs. Um, Yeah. It's very cold up here. Do you want... I mean, do you want new shoes? Do you want me to customize them or something? Or? I just feel like if they're... I have thought about this before, actually. And I thought it could be, kind of be like a popular thing. Because a lot of people have these shoes. If there was just a way to like fill the holes... If there was just a way to like put like a little thing in each hole of the shoe... Maybe even like a decorative charm. I just feel like that would keep any snow from getting on my feet. What would you call that? Maybe like a... A ribbits? 
Like um, a frog? So a frog goes in and out of a hole? Yeah. Like a ribbit. Yeah, a ribbit, yeah. Um, she, like, looks around at the merch she has. <laughs> I can I can work something up. It might ta- it'll yeah. take me a little bit. Like even like little pom poms or something warm, you know. Okay. Do you? I'm gonna be honest. Fur is gonna be the easiest thing for me to work That's with. That's fine. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Come back tomorrow midday. I'll have something for you. Um. I would maybe stay out of deep snow because you will probably get frostbite. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for the advice. Of course. Um. Total. It'll be um for everything. You just getting your jacket, snow pants. Jacket, snow pants. I probably get a a beanie and a scarf some and some mittens. Yeah. All right. That'll that'll just cost you um five gold. Okay. Yeah, so you you pay you lose a little bit more gold yet again. Um, but she, I look good. I look good. But you do look good. I mean, <laughs> you you get this huge puffy jacket and these crinkly snow pants. Uh, you're still in your Crocs. You get your you get your little like hat and your scarf, and you walk out, and immediately you see some dwarven teens be like, "Oh, very nice, very nice outfits." Thank you. <laughs> Give me an insight check. <laughs> You look so good. It's tailored. Um, <laughs> two. They love what you're wearing. I spin. <laughs> oh, yeah. They all applaud <laughs> and they're like kind of giggling to themselves. I uh, wake to Pat through the window. Pat <laughs> standing Thumbs in there is like rinsing a flag and just looks and shakes his head and goes back to doing it. <laughs> um, okay. You're, you have a little time still. Uh, is there anything you want to do? I will say it is like. It is like pretty light. It's light. It's yeah. like reasonably light. Um, Taylor Taze is closing now. Yeah, I'm as I walk out, I'm going to um, reach into my, um, you know, pocket because as I change clothes, I'm um, in the dressing room. I <laughs> I put the shard into my new pocket. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> mm. um, and then when we get out, I um kind of peek into my pocket and go, "Hi, okay, I have a little time now. If you want to decide something fun for us to do." Pretty much whatever you want, as long as I'm, you know, able to do it and it's not going to get us thrown into prison or put in danger, then we can do it. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I should have been thinking this whole time. Okay. You didn't come up with a list? Oh, I got, yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. It's huge. Let's hear it. Let me list them off in my favorite order from things I'm so certain about to things I'm least certain about. Okay. We could... Go back in there and fuck with those golden guards and make more money off of them with your dice. We could maybe do that. Okay. We could rob that potion store. We could rob that potion store, light a fire, and then pretend that someone's father did it. Someone's father? Yeah, just like a random father. Someone's father. Okay. What if I lit the fire and tell someone that someone's father came and did it? Exactly. You and me, same page. All right, let's do it. Oh, you want to do that? Like, that sounds like a good one to me. Save, Fuck yeah. Save the ideas for some, some, for some other time. Ah, yes! Okay. What are <laughs> you going to do? Gorgonzola, like, I am doing a calculated tactical risk right now in giving the shard immediately something that it wants so that I maybe have like 24 hours of holdover time in which I can like get professional help um Gorgonzola can I go behind a store that maybe doesn't have another storefront looking at it 
Like, yeah. can I go back by, like, some trash or something? Yeah, for sure. There's, I mean, this is a central plaza. Like, you kind of peek into your jacket to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of close it, and you turn, and you just head off of one of the alleys nearby. It's not a big town. It's, you know, I would say standard D&D town size. So, you know, not, like, miles big. But you can kind of find a place to hide for sure. I'm trying to find, like, a trash can I can light a fire in. Or, like, a small pile of, like, junk or something I can set on fire. Okay, so the shard initially had said wanted to start a fire on the potions shop. Are you still right, trying right. to do that? No. So I said to it, it gave me that idea, and I said, great, I will set a fire and tell someone that someone's father did it. So that's what I've offered it at That's true, point. and it, it fully I offered agreed. it. I, it was a compromise. It may be like a child did not realize it was compromising, but it was. Okay. Um, <laughs> Whatever reaction it wants to have once it realizes that it made a compromise, that's okay. understandable, but... You go into this alley, uh, the shard kind of squirms and zip, zips out and is kind of hovering there and goes, okay, Wh- where are we? I'm going to set a fire okay. behind this store, and then I'm going to run into the store and be like, someone's father, set this fire. Right, okay, okay. Uh, and what and do I do? Uh, you're just, you don't even have to do anything, you just sit back and watch. Can I make the fire? I'm pretty good at making fire. Do you want to watch the first time? What if you did the yelling? Give me a persuasion check. Okay. 14. 14. Okay, so if you set the fire, I scream for help? Or do I go in the store and tell them? No, we're going to lean into the store, and then I'll move my mouth, and you can just be like, someone's father set a fire! There's a fire raging! Okay, okay, okay. And you're sure I can't help set the fire? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. But it's going to be dangerous. I'm going to set a real fire. All right, next fire I get to set. Okay, next fire we agree upon, you get to set. Okay, sounds good. Um, So how are you setting a fire? I guess I'm going to cast <laughs> Agonizer Scorcher second level on a trash can. <laughs> oh my God. I don't really have like less fire to give so do you have a kit like a tinder box or something oh yeah but yeah. i don't think that gorgonzola would think right now to like start a physical fire like why would she do that when she's like i could just I have point magic, my baby. finger and basically start a fire okay roll um roll damage okay automatically hit we watch as gorgonzola approaches a trash can, can that's covered in snow can i look and see if anyone snow. is looking at me first yeah give me a perception check okay on site. So this is site based. Okay. Yes. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. You look down the alley back towards the plaza and you do see that this is a pretty heavily guarded city. Statistically, you may want to try and hide before you do anything. Okay. So if you want to give me a stealth check, because yeah. you would have just been doing this completely out in the <laughs> open. But since you asked, is anyone watching now you can be like, Oh, I will actively just uh, hide. Okay. I hop into a dumpster. Okay, yeah, so you're in a you're in this alley, you hop into a dumpster. 14. 14. Self check. So far it seems like no one's looking. You turn, you begin to um pull out the components and flames gather around your hand and you just like shoot beams of fire into this trash can. 14. Damage. 14. There is an explosion of flame as it the entire 
trash can explodes from the amount of fire that was put into it. Flames scatter against everything. I need you to roll a d20 for me. Okay. <laughs> 13. 13. Lucky. Okay. The fire does begin to spread, but rather relatively slowly. There was a risk that it was going to be like a bigger kind of impact, but based on the aiming of this, you kind of blast it into the stone wall. So some flames are starting to lick against like the garbage and like the some of the right. wooden beams. I beat feet and open the door to the store and open my mouth. <laughs> you open your mouth and in your voice, uh-huh. the shard says... I was taking a shit in the alley and I was smoking a cigarette and I dropped it and a fire exploded out. You should call a guard. I'm sorry. <laughs> I run away. The door. <laughs> um, um, you hear the guy go, what? <laughs> Inside the store. <laughs> um, give me another stealth check. And you do have advantage on this room because yeah. of the, the yeah. of a Croxville and kind. For sure. A six and a seven, I roll. Okay. You run out into the street and you immediately see three very familiar looking Golden Fist dwarves. Um, the ones that you had recently gambled against in the Hammered House. Um, looks like they're like heading across from the Hammered House, heading towards the fire that grows in the alley. Oh my God. Did you see what happened? I point, I go, holy shit. Someone's father set a fire back there. <laughs> Give me a deception check. This is flat. You don't have disadvantage. Okay. Nine. Nine. Okay. Or at least he looked like a dad. Did you light this fire? No. Give me another deception check. Okay. Eight. Yes, I did, but on accident. You let an orc into town and immediately they cause trouble. Manacles. Yeah, so you see sorry. one of the dwarves begins to grab manacles. Um, and then you hear a call from over their shoulder. Oh, hold on, hold on. What seems to be the problem here? As Erza walks out with a flagon in hand. You guys are all like standing out in the open in this plaza. Snow's coming down. And it's essentially between you and Erza, three very big dwarven guards. Erza, I was just um, shopping for some clothes and accidentally right. set this trash can fire. Will you tell these guys it was a total mistake, total accident, and it won't happen again? You can vouch for me, right? Oh, yeah, I can vouch for you. And she's giving you quite a look. She goes, gentlemen, gentlemen, first and foremost, why are you standing here? There's a fucking fire burning. Go put that out. I, I help them. <laughs> they immediately, oh, right. Um, and they rush over. I'm really helpful. <laughs> you can just, like, scoop up snow and kind of, like, toss it onto the flames. Um, and in a matter of time, you guys manage to quell the flames. And, and Erza's like, look. See, she meant nothing of it. I'm sure it was something, like, it, it was an accident, you said, It's right? just a simple, I was actually, it's so cold here that I was trying to just warm up a little bit. And in Aurelia, another cultural thing, if you want to warm up on a cold night, you set a fire in a trash can. It's kind of like a communal thing. Everyone huddles around it. People, like, warm their hands. Sometimes some food is cooked over it. As you finish saying that, there is another voice that joins the conversation. You told me that you were taking a shit in the alley and you dropped a cigarette. And the the shop owner, this like young, like, like halfling man is like standing up between. It's like, 
what is going on? I thought that that would be a more exciting story for you as a shop owner to bring home on your day than the truth, which is just that I was trying to warm up my hands. Erza goes, I'm so sorry. Do you mind if I have a, a, a word with, with her? And the dwarves are just like, all three of the guards are just like, eye, like eyes on you, just like, don't go far. One moment. Yeah, yeah, one second. Erza brings you back to the alley. I'm stuck. <laughs> what the fuck were you doing? What were you doing? It's a long story. Tell me the story. The story is that I accidentally cast a spell. Give me a deception check. Okay. <laughs> My palms are sweating. Sit. I'm lost. Lie, lie, I'm lie. Lost in a cycle of lies, <laughs> but I can't tell the truth. Because the truth did. Sh- you were like, oh, I tell the truth. And they're like, we're going to arrest you. And you're like, okay, just kidding about the truth thing. <laughs> what am I? Nat 20. Nat 20. To deceive her. I am new to magic and I just I let it slip away I'm a student at the university freshman okay big big oops we can use this we can view gentlemen you are looking at a student at the the University of Aurelia Aurelia. Balderheim branch yes I am a pawn of the empire yes you are looking at someone who is who is allowed to come research here. I wiggle little magic fingers. Look, clearly a, tr- a practitioner of magic. This was merely an accident. She is she's very young, you must understand. Yes, please, please, feel free. You know, I could write an apology to the dean, you know. You would actually probably write an apology to him. And gestures to the shop owner who's just like scratching his head, looking at like the sc- the scorched. Right. I just meant for my behavior because it's not really reflective of you know the institution that I come from. But of course, right. I would be happy to you know work a shift at half the rate. <laughs> to you want you could I mean I insist that you pay for the damages done here. Absolutely, I would be happy to, you know, pick up a shift or two, and if you want to, you know, take the damages out of my paycheck. A shift? Why in the world would I hire you? What? Explain to me. Look me in the eyes. You're, like, looking down at this halfling man. Look me in the eyes. Explain to me why it would be a good idea to have you work this off instead of just paying me money. I could teach you how to... Burn your trash, which is actually a really great way to get rid of what you don't need. Right. So can I just talk to you one more time? Uh-huh. It takes way less more energy. It takes way more energy to actually recycle it than. Okay. What's pay, that? Pay him. Okay. Do you have the money? You have fifty gold. <clears throat> yeah. Just give him fifty gold. Look, the, the trash can costs fifty gold. I'm going to be honest with you. They might be asking for a little more extra money because you did set a fire in an alley. I imagine maybe some of this 50 gold will go to... And she nods towards the guards, if you know what I mean. Got it. Gentlemen, (laughs) let me smooth this over a little bit. Here's the new trash can. Funds. (laughs) Please um, don't hesitate to let me know if anything else is needed to have this all be forgotten about. Um, the guards step forward. I'm going to have you roll a persuasion check, but I'm going to let you add Erza's persuasion to it. Okay. So roll, you can roll the d20 and I'll tell you what you can add to it. I rolled a nine. You can add eight to that roll. Okay. So it is a 17. Okay. You see that the dwarves look at the two of you. Erza, 
This one is your responsibility. Nerta nods and goes, Assuredly, she is going to come with me on my next expedition. Um, so, you know, and he goes, Yes, I know. Yeah, I'm not even staying for that long. She's not even staying for that long. It's really quick. Super easy. So fast. In and Forget out. Forget all about this. Um, you see the dwarves take the gold and nod. Stay after trouble. Uh-huh. And then they turn and leave. And you see the halfling goes, Oh, God, I'm going to have the fucking... <sighs> do you need any help, though? No, it's fine. I Just why did you do it? Why? This pleading halfling eyes. Why? Explain. I'm sorry. It was really... It really was an, an accident. Okay. At least it was just the trash can, you know. I, right. If I had meant to set your store on fire, I would have been able to set your store on fire, but I didn't want to do that. Roll an intimidation check. Whether or not you're trying okay. to, this is pretty intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> if I wanted to, I could set your store on fire. Uh, 14. 14. He looks at you. Yeah, t- t- totally. Um, I wouldn't, though. <laughs> right. Um, I definitely wouldn't. I'm Cle- just gonna cleaning go- up the ash. From- <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, uh, I'm just going to go uh, close up. Um, Good night. Please don't come back. Thank you for the clothing. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little disoriented right now. I think now. the fumes have gotten to her head. I'm going to go bring her inside. Dank, Danka um, grabs you by the shoulder, kind of arm up on you, and begins to guide you back. You are prone to accidents, aren't you? I am. Sometimes, you know, I'm really trying to get one thing across, do one thing, and it's like the complete opposite I slam my hand out of my pocket like I'm coughing. I'm tired. I got to the city. Uh, you know, I, I've been traveling, so she'll probably rest up and, and not set any more accidental fires. Right. Well, I am now somehow responsible for you, so I guess... Hey, you almost already were, right? Yeah, in a way. Okay, um... Yes, I've, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I need a drink. Okay. <laughs> she turns and kind of walks ahead of you and goes up to the bar and is just like, put it on her room. T- <laughs> oh my god. And orders another beer. I put my hand to uh, the side of my face so that Pat can't see me as I walk in. As you rock in. And the crocs of Elvenkind keep you a little stealthy enough to hide amongst <laughs> the dwarves as you kind of scamper back up the stairs. And at this point, you you look down, you see Stilton has been tailing you this entire time. Um, and as you kind of run up, open your door, head inside to this very much ruined hotel room um, with like cracked wood some like wet stains from where the like high temperature created all like the moisture that sunk into the wood and you like enter in there and shut the door behind you and Stilton is just sitting at your feet and just looks up to you and it's like I, looking at Stilton, pull the shard out of my (laughs) pocket and then just deposit it floating in midair (laughs) yeah you let go and like the um immovable shard so to speak it just pins in space because that was so fun you did so good i didn't have fun what why i almost went to prison and i had to give up a resource that is extremely useful to me so here's what happens when you try to have fun and instead i wind up losing my money you're gonna help me figure out how to make or earn or find or create more money. 
that's our little thing. I help you have fun every day. And then whatever money I lose from it or social graces, you help me to get back. If, if you're after money, whatever that is, I am all about getting it for you. Can you make it? I don't know. Let's try. Collapse the hands together. <laughs> Roll a D100 for me. <laughs> you're looking for the upper 25%. Nope, I got the lowest, 25%. I rolled a 24. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Um, I need you to roll a D10,000 for me. How fun. 7,730. As the shard claps their hands together and, like, gestures towards a, like, forward in space at the ground, hoping mm -hmm. to produce gold, you watch as there is a, like, gold tracing in the ground that makes a perfect circle. And you're like, oh, shit. I'm about to get that, that's that gold. gold. I'm going to get some gold. And then you watch as it continues to trace and you see other kind of conjuration symbols. And again, you're kind of like, maybe this is going to be gold, kind of summoning some Conquer gold to gold, me. Yeah. Um, but then after a few seconds, it kind of finishes and you see imprinted into the wood what looks like a teleportation circle. Does this go to a plane where there's lots of gold? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't trying to do that. I was trying to make a bunch of shiny things for you because you were so sad about you losing all of them. But instead, I made a dumb circle on the ground. Oh, I'm so dumb. Fuck. Should we put my cat in? Yeah. Still in. Still in. <laughs> I, I put my hand over the shard's mouth. <laughs> Still in. Do you want to see where this goes? I'll summon you right back. Wow. She's okay. like, okay. <laughs> we put Stilton in the teleportation circle and I cast the spell. <laughs> okay, um, give me a DC 15 Arcana check. Okay. I mean, you technically can't cast the spell normally, yeah. but for the sake of this, you I are kind of going goes. through the mode. It's already set up for you. You just need to <laughs> click it. Not one. Um, you begin to kind of go through it, and honestly, this fully tracks. You just don't know this level magic. Having the scroll to guide you was easier, mm -hmm. but without it, you just like begin to trace and you just can't figure it out. Well, that's yeah. just going to stay there, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I just made, like, a permanent fixture in this establishment. <laughs> kind of awesome. Great. Not very helpful. How so? So how often do you need to have fun? What kind of question is that? Are you All the time. fun right now? Yeah, is this, this was fun? awesome. All right. I we... mean, I feel really bad that it's not a bunch of gold. That's I'm, okay. like, so sorry. You I know, know you wanted gold. I, I did, made a circle. but I'm just glad it's not fire. I can do fire if you want. No. Okay. So here's the range that I'm thinking. The mm -hmm. most fun that we could really have here would be like snowball fight. Or like we play like a harmless prank on the bartender. We like swap two of like the beer draft handles. Whoa. Or like we ding dong ditch some doors. Wow. These are all things we could do. I think let's stay away from anything that could cause permanent damage all right we'll talk about that later but i like those other ideas that you had want to pull a prank should we pull some pranks right now no why not maybe tomorrow but again you kind of lost your fun privileges for like <laughs> okay a couple hours at all least. right all right fine it lost my privileges yeah right all right do you what are you gonna do at night what do you do at night i sleep what's that Mm, kind of like you were doing before you had eyes and a mouth. 
oh, and like this, and then poof, goes in there and just falls to the ground. Perfect. I put it back in my pocket. You do this. This has happened already. T- this is the <laughs> second time that you've been like, go to sleep. And it's like, you got it. Poof, unconscious. <laughs> um, and you slip it back in your pocket and still and just looks up at you. and goes, I pick him up out of the teleportation circle. Well, and you get a mental, like, a mental sense that it was like, I was honestly a little nervous about going in the circle. I don't really want to go anywhere that you're not there. And this would certainly send me somewhere. That was very brave of you, Stilton, to volunteer. Mom in here. Is there anything you want to do before you head to bed tonight? Yeah, I um, I get ready. I do my skincare. Um, right. I put on my mud mask and everything. Kind of settle into the new space. I probably do a little bit of um, trying to like tidy up the room again. Like maybe put some like toothpaste, like caulk in the walls. <laughs> yeah. I try and like hide some holes and stuff. <laughs> you like lay out something. You're like this rug will cover this. Kind yeah, of exactly. Just circle. trying to kind of make it a little bit better. Um, and then I, once I'm all, you know, I got my ponytail and I got my sweats on and stuff. I'm going to take a look at Smite's uh, dreams that he handed me before okay. I go to sleep. A little late night reading. I'm going to try and interpret those a bit. You sit on your bed and you set out all these papers, most of which are like illustrations with kind Mm -hmm. of like scribbled handwriting. And as you kind of scan over them, you begin to see patterns. Smite in a black void, hearing a call, a call to service, being surrounded by others in pale blue periwinkle robes. You also see that he's drawn flashes of the past, images from his childhood the moments that have defined him and pushed him to become the man he is today. Scribbles about how it's not over and how he's, quote, going to change things to honor his family. It seems like the dreams that he were having were kind of like pep talks um, for someone who kind of was in a rough place. And the majority of the imagery kind of circles around him being either like in combat or him in like a black void being spoken to. Interesting. I would say the conclusion or rather the correlation is a little obvious for Zola. You had spoken to the shard in several voids. Right. So other than that, it is, and this is, you know, in Smite's defense, Smite is not necessarily someone who's prepared to know exactly how he should be giving you this information so it's some of it's a little hard to understand Mm -hmm. but in general like you get the gist that smite was having similar kind of dreams to what you and scram have had um as if you were being called upon and he didn't have the visual of the shard but perhaps Mm -hmm. that's just because the shard wasn't with him right like if maybe if he had had the shard the whole time he would be seeing the shard saying these things to him in his visions interesting Cool. You settle down for bed. Um, the snowfall in the course of the night has begun to grow heavier and heavier. You see frost kind of spreading over the window panes. And you look out into this small, quaint town outside of the dwarven capital, still in on the windowsill, kind of fur, a little, looking a little fluffier in this in this colder region. Um, you, you rest relatively easily. No dreams, no... This is like one of your first sleeps, really, after all of the shit that you've dealt with. Mm-hmm. So you rest heavy. And you rest pretty... In, in the sense that you kind of, like, wake up and it feels like no time has passed at all. You wake up, kind of, you know, rub the sleep out of your eyes. And you... As you open them, you see that Stilton is, like, looking fearfully towards something in the room. And you turn. Seeing ghosts again, Stilton? 
Wow. Kind of gestures with a paw, and you see floating there is the shard. Mm-hmm. Full pale green. Good morning, Gorgonzola. First of all, really fucking creepy to watch a teenage girl sleep. Oh. And I spin the shard around while I Whoa. throw my sweater on and like <laughs> put my bra on stuff. I was not trying. Uh, uh, fucking nasty. I was not trying to do, to do anything. Watching me sleep. She was more. So you could be like a great uncle of mine, maybe, you know? Uh, That's really weird. Right. I know it's a bad look. That was not my intent. Good morning, Gorgonzola. Apologies. Good morning. Can I get you a coffee or something? No, I am fine. So? So? Hey. Tell me, where are we now? No, tell me, where are you now? (sighs) It's weird. I feel like I'm in a body, but it is not mine. I don't have full control of this form. Tell me, what is this? And he kind of, you know, these these eyes that are kind of slowly moving across the face of this creature kind of slowly focus on, like, its crystalline hand that kind of, like, comes apart and comes back together. You're in a rock, dude. You've been in the same rock the whole time. Right, but my autonomy has changed. There's a degree of some now. I can do things now. I suppose... What's first on the docket? Well, my offer still stands. If you free me from this body, I will teach you great things. I will take you right now to your mother. I can, and he looks you, I can bring you to her. Here's my thing. I'm starting to get a lot of people offering things. I'm kind of a hot commodity right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I have someone, you know, who's going to bring me up into the Ouroboros, and I feel pretty good, you know, about, you know, finding my own ancestral home. I feel like I'll probably, you know, find my way there. I have someone, you know, powerful mage who's offering to teach me magic. Uh, You know, I'm getting stronger, I'm getting smarter, I'm getting better. So what really is there that you can give me that someone else can't not to even to mention the massive pain in the ass that I imagine you will be once you get out of there well I can give you trouble um and you watch as he using the shard's hand gestures towards the glass window and sends a crack through it I you know I don't have full control but I can certainly give some advice to this little creature that you have brought into life. You're gonna lose my security deposit for me? Oh, you like to be funny, don't you? A little. Tell me, what frightens you? The unknown. What could happen if I let you out? What'll happen if I don't let you out? I'm scared scared of both things, which is why I think right now the choice is pretty clear. If both options are frightening, I should go with the one that is dangerous to just me and not to others. And which one's that? You being in a dumb rock, I grab it and throw it up and down a couple times. Give me a grapple check. 
Okay. 15. Um, you, in a flash, whip your hand out and grab the shard. Whoa, what are you doing? And then you start, like, shaking it and, like, throwing it <laughs> up and down and, like, like tossing it in the air. I toss it to Stilton to play with. Stilton immediately, like, um, hops up and begins to kind of bat at it. And he's just like, oh, stop it, stop it. And in that amount of time, you manage to, like, grab it and shake it one more time. And you, Woo! good morning. The weird thing is, is I don't know if I preferred you the other way or this way. Other way? What are you talking about? Nothing. I just woke up. Good morning. Would you like some coffee? What's coffee? Mm, that's a drink. Do I drink things? I don't think so. Let's try it. Let's go get a coffee. Okay. All right. All right. <sighs> just raises a hand at the door. Cracks open. Now we have to do the thing where you go in my pocket and don't say anything. But if you go in, you get coffee. Can we do a fun thing? If it's harmless? Yeah. Okay. And zips into your coat. I head downstairs, Stilton in tow. You head downstairs, Stilton in tow, Stilton kind of, again, eyeing, eyeing very warily. Mm-hmm. Um, and you make your way down the stairs and you enter into the Hammered House main hall. And you see that similar to last night, it is actually still kind of crowded. There's a lot of people here in the morning getting coffee just like you. You mm-hmm. see a few, you know, layovers from the last night, drunkenly kind of just like chilling in the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, people are being served breakfast. You see like sausages and eggs, you know, like a full kind of spread. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see Erza sitting at the bar being served what looks like a breakfast beer by a younger oh, uh, dwarf who might, might be Patrick's like son or grandson. I slide in next to her and immediately eat a sausage off of her plate. Ah, go go right ahead. I put quite a bit on your bill last night. So sorry about that. Great, thanks. You did want to get paid when we go on that journey, right? Right, right, of course. Well, uh, speaking of, uh, how, how did you sleep? Uh, did you get anything, everything you needed yesterday? Yeah, check out the new outfit. Oh, peep. Um, and just like eyes... <laughs> Looks good. Uh, definitely very old-fashioned. You know, not what the kids are wearing, but hey. Warm. Really? Yeah. Why would kids wear that? It's very puffy. They like to, the kids, they like to show off their bodies. You know, they wear like the tights or kind of stuff. Yes. Okay. I roll up the puffy No, bottom. you shouldn't do that. I roll up the bottom of the puffy jacket. You're, you're defeating the purpose <laughs> of... So it's crop. <laughs> All right. Well, um, well, I'm glad you got everything you need. Um, we got to have any problems today, like last night? No. Thank you, also. Uh, my apologies. It's strange going from one city to the next, isn't it? Have you been in the area your whole life? Yeah. You I have never left? Never left. My family was, um, well, after... Um, <clears throat> after everything that went down during uh, the maldiction all those many years ago, um, yeah, yeah. most of my family actually moved kind of into the underdark. But a few of us stayed here, and um, I was uh, raised here by my great-grandmama, and um, we uh, have spent our whole life here. I mean, if I leave, <laughs> what kind of noble leaves, leaves their home? Agreed. Right. Hey, we're kind of similar, because, uh, you know, I grew up in Paddlewick and I'm, oh. a, I'm an orc so you know my people left that the area as well but I wound up being raised there so we kind of have a similar background I am 
not royalty. Give me a deception check. What a weird deception check to have, <laughs> to have you make. I thought of it as I was saying it You're too. Like, I was I like, royalty. oh, Uh-oh. I actually kind of am. I rolled a nine, but I'm actually going to use my first portent roll of the day, however much I hate to use it right away, and uh, give myself an 18, so 17 deception. Okay. She nods. Well, I don't. I didn't want to say anything, but as a noble myself, I, I, I could tell that you were lowborn. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I have most of my life been treated that way, and even I think that the common person should is just as dignified as the noble. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, what were you saying to me yesterday? Sparked my memory about some place that we could. Uh, you know, maybe pick up a little a little cushion for our pockets before the trip. You know what I mean? I want to uh, make yes. sure we're not staying in all the, you know, shittiest cabins and eating the thinnest stew on our way up. Right. And, you know, it's, I mean, you pick some good gear, but in general, you may want to upgrade when we get, uh, there's, there's gear that you can get that kind of changes temperatures the way you go. So if you are in sure. a hotter zone, you can, it'll be cooler. And if you go to a cooler zone, it would be hotter. Um, so, uh, yes, there's a lot of places we can make some, some coin. Um, I was thinking, I, d I did a little planning last night when we went to bed. Oh. We could do a little bit of a pub crawl, if you will. That sounds fun. Where do we earn money instead of spending it? Yeah, so here's where it goes. We can go to Gemulishkeit, which is owned by the Stockgrogs. It is their one of the seven families. Um, they have a sort of drinking contest. So you you pay in at the beginning of the night and you try to outdrink the the every other person in the bar and if you win you are awarded the pot, which will not only cover the amount of drinks you drink, but will also reward you with a bunch of money. Not only that, if you beat the record which is held by Wolfgang Starcrock himself, you will get an additional five hundred gold. I've been wow. trying to get it, but <laughs> I they can really they drink a lot. They drink a lot. Right. Okay. Um, and Stockrock is much stronger than ale. Right. I am good at drinking, but it's, it's stronger. I believe you. You had it last night. It's very strong. Yes. So I don't know necessarily the likelihood that I can drink all of that. Oh, Do yeah? Do you have faith in your constitution? Because I'm a pretty, you know, it takes a couple more drinks to get me drunk than like a human but I don't know if I could out drink a dwarf necessarily. You might struggle no offense um, but uh, I'm new to drinking. Yeah you're very you're you're an adult right? I'm 18. Oh thank god. Okay um yes it is it, it might be a little challenging for you but I certainly could could help carry our team but there's also. Oh we could go in a team? Yeah, I mean I assume if, if one of us wins we could split it or something What if like you were drinking, and I found some way to, like, slip you something that could make you less drunk. Is there something that could do that? Like a potion or something? That we can go to Dwarfins and try and ask there. Or if we get into the city proper, you can try and go to um, the um, Emporium of the Arcane and try and see if they have a potion for that. Something that can sober you up, so to speak. That could be a strategy. Might be a strategy. Hmm, I like this the way you think. Okay. But there's also, we can go to um, two other places. Betrunkener's Battleaxe Bonanza, which is open, of, open, owned by the, uh, you know, Betrunkener's, of, of course. course. Um, and there we can enter into an axe throwing contest. Um, in mm. general, that is more of a kind of uh, 
there, inter- there isn't a setup competition. You would just challenge someone and see if we can right. bet enough so money against them. Right. We would essentially be setting more terms if we okay. do that one. And then the final one, and I picked this because, and she kind of like gives you a once over. You look very strong, so I figured you could hold your own. Um, I appreciate that after the arm wrestling incident yesterday. Which one? The one where I beat you or the one where you tossed it? <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, um, the last one I was thinking of is Totodrach Tavern. Um, it is kind of it's kind of a cop bar, but it is mm. a place where all they do is get drunk and fight each other. And they have a whole leaderboard of people who are, are battling and we could enter. And there's not only a place to battle, uh, you know, we could battle each other. Or... I spear another two sausages on our plate with my fork. <laughs> that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you, better, you better fill up then. Uh, she slides you the rest of her plate. You will need a lot of energy if you're going to compete there. Is that the only one you want to do? Or do you want to do all three or two of them? Or Let's think. We can make a lot of money. We could, we could make a cow. We could like a lot of money. Shh. What? Did you say something? Sometimes my voice gets really high-pitched when I'm thinking hard about life. All right. Why don't we start with the fighting one? Because I could probably recover from getting the shit kicked out of me. But end with the drinking one because we probably won't be able to recover from getting that blasted. Good thinking. And you have a smart one in there. Hit the axes in the middle. Although, you know, throwing stuff, not necessarily my deal. All right, all right. Well, we'll decide on the other two after we do the first. But I, I like the way you think. You are thinking ahead of time. Good. I'm eating all of her food. Really just trying thinking constantly about making my gold back. <laughs> she uh, finishes her ale. Is there continental breakfast here, Patrick? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you finish the food on her plate. She finishes her drink. Ah, well, so we don't have to leave right away, but if you want, we can go into town tonight and try and make that money. Um, and if we want, we could stay in Balderheim proper for the evening before we leave, or we could come back out here. It might be a little more hassle to do that. It is not easy to get in. I might have to pull some strings, but I I, I definitely could do that. So uh, uh, what do you think? I'd say let's plan on spending the night there. That seems like that might happen, especially if we're going to get, you know, real rollicking at the end. We might have to crash somewhere. Agreed. Well, do you have anything you need to do before we leave Kieselkopf? Because I just need to go pack up my shit and I'm ready to go. Actually, now that I think of it, and she pats this incredibly nice-looking bag. It looks like it's like a designer bag. Mm-hmm. She goes, I've got my Armony bag of holding. That's, you know, that's got the majority of my things, so I'm actually ready to go whenever you are. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> can I give an inside check? Yeah, you can give me an inside check. Nat 20. <laughs> oh, what a funny time to roll Nat 20. Can I check if that bag is really designer? Give me an insight check. Nat 20. Okay. Um, two things. One, it definitely is a bag of holding. Okay. You get the you get the vibe that she's not lying about that. Right. This is not designer. Okay. She clearly, and you like look at it, you see the stitch work. This looks like she maybe went to Taylor Taste Taylory mm-hmm. and was like, can you put some more fabric over that this? That like, looks like it. That yeah. look like it. I lean down and I kind of uh, like touch a 
like stitch that kind of stands out a little bit. What is it? Did, did that pucker? Oh, ca careful! It is. It's very. Um... You should send that back because they have a lifetime warranty. They'll fix them. Oh. oh you know uh, any? Of, of course, yeah. I will do that right away. Because just saying that, yeah, you could put the tag right on it and send it back, and then they would send you back. You know, usually they don't even bother to fix those things. They just send you back the genuine product. You know, they might even let you keep the one that you have since it's faulty and send you another one, and then you know you could just let go of that one like for some cash or something how do you know this con i've been pulling this con out here for quite some time how do you know this one i just came up with it on the spot wow you are no offense smarter than you look especially after last night i was very doubtful about your decision making skills i get that a lot well wow uh she like kind of uh, give me an, give me another insight check okay this is on her specifically and not on her bag uh three there it is <laughs> Um, you get, these are the biggest vibes you got from her. This is based on what you've already, like, how you've role played with it. She definitely, you've definitely clocked that she is someone who's going to take advantage of people if given the opportunity. Mm -hmm. You've definitely poked upon the fact that she is deeply self-conscious, mm -hmm. um, and wary of her, like, um, status. status. Other than that, though, I think that Gorgonzola kind of gets the vibe that this is just she's just like misunderstood. Like she's she's cool. You know, I got my own designer bag. And oh, really? <laughs> I kind of gesture that I've got like I shake it around so she hears like <laughs> all of the stuff in it. And in this world, the bag of holding, though, it never weighs more than 15 pounds. You do. You can hear everything in it. <laughs> you shake it around. Wow. Very nice. I see. That, are you sure you're not nobility? You you certainly I mean, you've, you carry the kind of things that I carry. And, you know, I'm clearly a noble. Yeah, no, I really just keep kicking the shit out of people. Wow. Well, uh, it's good to team up with you. I'm very excited for the things that we can do. It, did you want to do anything before we leave? or No, I think I'm good to go. All right. Let's it, keep it moving. It Let's, will uh... take us some time to get in. So it's if we leave now, if you get your things ready, we should be able to get in by tonight. Is there anything I should know about the journey or mm, getting okay. in with the guards? Try like... not to start any fires, I guess. Um, Got it. Um try not to lie but if you're going to lie i don't know give me some sort of signal that isn't so obvious you know maybe okay. you know me as erza you call me erza maybe you call me Edzaloi when you want to if you're going to lie say my full name so i know what you're doing or something okay um because it's subtle but enough that i would know at Notice. least um and, um, well, we're going to have to enter in. The city is, it's, it has multiple districts. You're going to enter in, get approval, and then we have to walk our way through two whole districts to get to, you know, the shops and stuff. So I guess stay on the main path. Try not to talk to anyone who you don't need to talk to. Okay. Honestly, I guess just follow my lead and have my back. That I can do. Can we meet in like an hour? Is that oh, okay? Yeah, that's totally good. I will, okay. uh, I, yeah, I'll meet you here good. Sounds good. Great. Um, the two of you split off. Where, where would you like to go? Um, I'm going to go run back up to my room. Uh, give me a perception check before you go. Okay. Oh, based on sight? Yeah. 18. 
you um like you begin to head your separate ways you see Ertza kind of um heads off in the opposite direction towards another stairwell that leads up um and you begin to turn you like turn and begin to walk and you see a glint of like something underneath the table the one that you sat at last night and you see that the shard has managed to sneak out from your jacket and is underneath the table right now tying several people's boots together into one can I send Stilton to go grab it? Yes, you can try. Um, I, how, tell me how you'd like to do this. Um, <laughs> noticing it. Um, <laughs> so just line of, just turn and immediately clocking underneath <laughs> the table to turn like, oh my God. Also, I definitely thought you were going to be like, you see, trick. Trick, brandishes a blade. No, I was like, what? I turn around and go, Stilton, go see if any of those nice guards have dropped any sausages under the table and just gently give him a gentle little toss onto the ground. Um, and kind of <laughs> hops forward, kind of going underneath the table, and you see the shard kind of turns and goes like, oh my god, hey, what's up? And then still in bounces <laughs> forward. Uh, give me a grapple check for still in. Okay. <laughs> and add a cat's strength to it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to say it. I know. <laughs> I know. I got a two. Okay. Still in pounces and quick as quick as a hummingbird, the shark goes, whoop, no you don't. Um, and it zips further down the table. And as it goes, you watch as it begin, it's like waving its arms as if it's conducting. And you see like all of the shoelaces begin to weave into each other, one next to another. And then like Stilton is like pouncing and bounding after. And you see people being like, what? what's going on under there? And eventually the shard is like turns and goes ah! as Stilton leaps and then disappears. And you feel a presence kind of fill in underneath your jacket as the shard misty steps into your coat. I just turn and run back upstairs. <laughs> um, I, if someone was watching me, they would just watch me stuck still, staring at the table so concernedly, and then I jump a little bit and then just turn and keep walking up the stairs. You see Stilton like scamp like turns and sees you walking and like scampers back confusedly and like sees like, you know, your hand on your chest and kind of puts it together. Um, and as you you're going, you see one of the guys like stand up and goes Oh, miss! And then trips into the table, and you watch as suddenly, like, 30 dwarves are suddenly pulled in one direction as they all kind of realize they're all tied together uh, as you scamper quickly up the stairs. Um, you hear, like, exclaims of, like, What the fuck was that? Who tied my shoe? Was it you? What did you do this? Just everyone, like, yelling at each other as you scamper back to your room. You're in so much trouble. You're in so much trouble. You said harmless sh- You said harmless, harmless pranks. Someone could trip. And? And I could go to jail. I do not see the correlation there, okay? And neither did I until I came to the city. (laughs) Well, it looks like you're not going to jail yet, and it looks like everyone had a really good time. Listen, let me fill you in a little bit on my plans. Yes. Okay. Yes. So right... What? Now, Uh I'm in a city, and we're going to leave the city in two days. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe even less, like 24, 36 hours. Great. And then we're going to be in a really wide open space and we're going to be able to do all kinds of fuck shit. Like once we are out and it's just like snow for miles around us, it's like you're going to be able to like cast some crazy spells. We're going to be able to like pull some pranks on each other. Like it's going to be a little bit of like a free for all within reason. If 
you can just chill out in my pocket like take a load off just keep it chiller for like another day no fires no tying anyone's shoes together and then once we are out of this place where i can get thrown in prison we can just like we can think of the most fun thing possible and just really go all out how much more fun would it be to do one huge crazy fun thing than to just do a little a couple of kind of fun things here and there that i'm like constantly trying to harsh revive on and why can't we do both those? Why can't I do a bunch of small things and also a bunch of big things? Because I'll get thrown in prison and right. then someone's going to take you. And ultimately, I don't think that they're going to be as invested in you having fun as I am. I think I'm probably okay. of the people you might meet in this world. I'm probably the most interested in making sure you're having a good time out there. Okay. 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 Well, you don't want me to do like anything until we leave this place? Maybe just check with me check with you because maybe it could help me and okay. if it could help me then i'm definitely down okay all right yeah deal and i'll come to you too with ideas if you could help me with anything yes yes i'm super helpful i'm great. super helpful and i know how to do a lot of things great and i have full control great 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 well <laughs> I put the shard in my pocket <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> the shard in the pocket um still in again eyeing the whole situation warily the entire time the tail kind of doing that flick thing that cats tails do when they're when they're a little frustrated and you gather your things is there anything you want to do before you left yes the reason why i asked if i could have about an hour is because i would like to um get some attuning done if that's ah, possible it is very possible my friend and i think for now, Gorgonzola, after all that she has learned over the past 24 hours, going to the library, um, learning about Groomsh and his history, and uh, the Stregorides history with the tusk, I think Gorgonzola is going to, for now, take a step away from being attuned to the tusk. Whoa. Um, with the kind of context of you know, the tusk has this origin of being an anti-magic weapon and even though its past has even though its journey through time sort of changed that I think that Gorgonzola is going to briefly step away from that and tune in its place to the Amulet of Non-Detection, um, knowing that going into a fight club, she does not want to take off the Amulet of Health. <laughs> Fair enough. You kind of settle down and you, you draw the blade from the bag of holding. It's massive. <laughs> it almost scrapes the ceiling as you take it out. Um, you kind of lay it on the bed. You see this massive great sword, the one you've carried with you your entire journey. It's not that I don't want to hit people with you anymore. It's just that I need to wear a necklace. You understand, right? And you begin to focus your energies and kind of cut off this connection cut off almost what feels like you're blocking out like your bloodline like you're kind of purposefully being like i am going to ignore these calls that i had mm -hmm. and as you do there 
is like a rush of opposition. I need you to give me a wisdom saving throw. Had a feeling this was coming. Gorgonzola starts to feel kind of overwhelmed for a minute, like hearing the ringing of like sword clanging sounds and Lindbergh's yes. yeah. voice in her head is like maybe about to fail it. And then I'm going to use my second portent for the day, which was a natural 20. Whoa. This was quite the move to use it on it. You, for a moment, you have these thoughts, this, what are you doing? This is one, the best line of defense that you have. And two, this is is your mom's sword. This is your connection to your, your past, to your people. But you push onward and you force yourself to let go. And as you do, you see that that kind of that like burning rush that bloodline fury that kind of flared up as you tried to do this begins to settle and quell and um, you're allowed to detune from the tusk and then you put the amulet on uh, you double amulet as yes, we say uh, um, as us gays love to do layer necklaces um, I kind of lovingly you know polish my sword a little bit and looking at it you know, Gorgonzola is like, this might be a thing that I use in the future when I know how to use it responsibly. But for now, it's in its current state has taken two important lives and it feels too connected to Limburger and his whole way of thinking. And I just need a break from it. I just need to focus on my studies. I need to focus on my studies. And you see Stillen kind of looks to you, and there's a little bit of pride in his eyes as he meows at you. And you hear a voice from inside of your jacket. Interesting. And nothing more. Okay. You take the time to attune to the, for shorthand, the Amulet of Non-Detection. And as you finish, you like... Like you close your eyes and you focus in and you feel almost kind of like there is like this like buzzing in the background, like this disrupting energy that is now perpetually kind of a room tone for you that um, you get the sense that that is the amulet kind of blocking divination magic. Um, You finish attuning to that. You sheath your sword in the bag of holding. And then I'm going to start um, a cycle, which is going to continue for a little bit. I'm going to do it uh, every 24 hours. I'm going to cast the spell Nistal's Magic Aura on the shard. This is a spell that can create a false aura um, by touching the shard. I can change the way uh, this object appears to spells and magical effects. Like if someone casts Detect Magic or detect magical auras, anything like that. Um, I'm going to make this magical object appear non-magical so that it does not um, set off any alarms for someone looking for a magic item. And this lasts for 24 hours. Okay. Give me a D100 roll as you cast a spell on the shard. For sure. 29. Give me a D10,000 roll. Okay. (laughs) 
You do, by the way, you feel the, you like begin to go through the motions of casting. And why don't you describe what does this look like for you? Does it have any components? Um... Nistel's magic aura uses a small square of silk. So I probably like um, cut a tiny patch of the lining out of my new jacket yeah. and wrap the shard in it and just kind of turn it over Ooh. in my hands, like making the silk become like the outside of the shard essentially this is so soft i love this you feel warm and non-magical mm-hmm. great um and now roll a d10 thousand okay six thousand six hundred and fifty one you successfully cast this spell and then you begin to hear <laughs> as just like a sonic minor illusion begins to emerge. All these fart noises kind of, you hear like a few within the room and then like one down the hallway and you hear like a one in the room over that's really, really loud. And you go, excuse me, I don't know where that came from. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah, jeez, dude. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Isn't that weird or what? That was a pretty, that one was fine. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, see, I can do good things. That one was fine. Like all Auditory, of the things I've done. you know, things. I, as long as it's not my voice yelling something, it's pretty good. Mm, okay, okay. I see what you're putting down. All right, let's fucking do this. Are we ready? Do I get okay. to be outside the jacket today or do nope. I got to be in the jacket? All right. Okay. All right. You know, I'm going <laughs> to keep asking. since you're in the silk, you're always in the jacket now. So I can just fly around in the silk, huh? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> I had to ask, you know. Double jacket. Okay, well, it's cold out, right? That's what cold is? It's freezing. Okay, okay. Or something. Yeah. All right. Zip, zips back in your jacket, still in coat, <laughs> looks at you, and it's just like... <laughs> All right, and then I will um, get the rest of my stuff together, and if it would be cool for me to use my um, arcane recovery. Yes, 100%. I'll cool. say that you could have used that I'll get back that, that second yeah. level, and then I'll go down and meet Urza. Okay, you head down and Erza is again waiting for you. She um, is kind of all packed up at the bar, end of the bar. Um, you see that she's trying to get the attention of Patrick, but Patrick is just like kind of ignoring her a little bit. And then she sees you and goes, Ah, Zola, it's good to see you. You are ready to go. Let's head out. All right. She hops up out of the stool, and the two of you make your way out of the hammered house and into the central plaza of I'm so relieved to be, for a moment, in a place where she can't spend any of my money. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you want to stop at any of these places? No, I'm good. I'm full from breakfast. All right, all right. Um, so you head through the cold streets of Kieselkopf, walking past these rushing dwarves, kind of going about their daily business, heading towards the second of the seven gates that protect the city and the mountain, the one on the northern side of this small town. The second gate has two of the kind of carved faces, a woman and a man's head, two of the rulers from the original families, you imagine. Uh, and at the front, you see that there is a garrison of imperial soldiers, dwarves and humans in red and gold armor, long halberd-like spears in hand. A dwarven woman with a clipboard flanked by two other dwarven men approaches travelers individually, kind of checking them in and inspecting their goods before they're allowed to travel to the rest of the gates. This is kind of the first of many checkpoints for the various travelers here. 
you do see that the doors are open just enough to let people through and on the other side is a very precarious stone path kind of carved almost on like a thin plateau of mountain that like weaves forward to the next gate and the next gate and the next gate and the next gate until the final gate there's no guardrails the only kind of structures are the gates where you see these massive guard towers are positioned and you imagine that essentially this will keep pretty much any land army approaching from the south from having any good bearings yeah, yeah like one It'd well one by one. exactly and one well-placed like explosion can send like an entire army following into the literal ravine that is yeah. between these mountains wow you guys are serious about your defense here oh yeah we doors are very protective of our people and our work We've got a gate and a guy named Frederick. Is that it? Yeah, his name's Frederick. I don't wow. know what his last name is. I'm suspicious. <laughs> yeah, I should ask him. Yeah, you should always ask people their last names. Last names mean everything. I mean, look at me. These people treat me like shit, but it is because they do not recognize my last name as important. But if they do, they will know to treat me well. Same, and if people knew my last name, they would know that I come from a long line of cheesemakers. Wow. That definitely has a lot of pull. Status is where I'm from, so... Oh, wow. Okay, okay. So, are these guys gonna check our bags, or what? Well, hopefully not. I'll see what I can do. Okay, you're not expecting me to pay off every guard at every gate until we get to the middle, are you? Uh, no. I mean, it would have been helpful if you can do that, but no, my... I... I have... I have some ways. Say no more. I have... I uh, pull a few favors, you know. I can get things done. I believe that about you, Arza. She smiles at you, um, her blue eyes twinkling um, in her kind of amongst her pale, almost alabaster kind of skin. And she leads you towards past these like tents that have been set up for the marketplace for the day towards this clipboard um, and these various dwarves. And you see that as you approach one of the lead, the woman goes, Moradin, help me. Broad smile breaks across Erza's pale face. Polashka, my friend, how is it going? Um, and this guard, Polashka, looks to their allies. It's fine. Uh, making another trip into the mountain? Erza nods. Why, yes! My companion here is looking for passage, and perhaps I could um, pick something nice up for you while I'm in there. Um, and you see Polash kind of like looks to Erza and looks to her, the fellow guards around. Give me an insight check. Sure. I give a little casual wave as she says. <laughs> Mine companion. <laughs> Just so sad, the inside checks. Six. Six. She's uh, not good at reading people. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, uh, a, uh, an odd glance. Boring kind of. adult conversations. <laughs> You're just, like, rolling your eyes behind Etza. <laughs> Etza um, is, like, continuing that, like, you know, charming smile. Mm-hmm. And you see this woman looks at her and goes, hmm, and then looks to you. Passage, eh? Yeah, this one's not going to leave me dead in the mountains, is she? I was about to warn you, don't let this one drag you off into any sort of expeditions. I kind of laugh with the guard. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, look out. Oh, well. She's do. trouble. Fun trouble sometimes, but trouble. Thank you for the heads up. I uh, appreciate it. Elsa goes, yes, fun trouble, right? And gives her a wink and then goes, so, uh, we good to go? We all set? And you see this guard kind of looks at the other guards who, like, just like roll their eyes and she um, goes up to Erza and you see she like whispers something in her ear. Give me another perception check. Sure. This one is to do with hearing so it is not with advantage. Huh. Twelve. 
you don't hear the conversation, so to speak. You just hear like some whispering, and then you see Erza whisper something back, and this dwarven woman blushes a little bit. And I'm gonna roll a persuasion check. Okay. And not to the other guards, and the other guards nod to you all, and Erza heel toe just turns and begins to walk through the, the gates. You coming? Yeah. Alright. Um, I the- <laughs> wave goodbye to the guards. <laughs> the guards do not make eye contact with you. Uh- <laughs> I catch up to Erza. <laughs> hey, what kind of uh, gift did you offer her? Another purse? Yeah, another purse. Yes, I, I have access to all sorts of goods in the city, so... Can I give an inside check? Was it gay? Yeah, give me an inside check. All right, I give an inside check for gay. I got advantage on these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, nine. Yeah, I'll give you an insight. I'll give you advantage on gay insight checks. All right, thank you. I think that uh, most gays will agree that you you do have an, a little extra insight. I've got gaydar, so... you got gaydar. Twelve. Twelve. Erza is really charismatic. I think that she is kind of giving off confidence, is what you read. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're really confident with yeah. ladies. I wish I could be confident like that. Well, maybe I can teach you a few things. Okay. <laughs> um, you continue to walk silently <laughs> next to her. That wasn't supposed to be weird. I was just saying. I mean, no, I know. I didn't think it was. All right. Well, you okay. give me a kind of a weird look. So. No, I'm not. You're not. No, I'm not. The two of you stop on like this long, <laughs> long ravine. There's like we hold oh, everyone up. <laughs> wind rushing through the air like little I, snow. I was. I didn't think that you meant. I don't. Yes, I. Because I didn't. All right. I don't. What are you talking about? Let's just walk. Let's keep walking. Yep. Um, the two of you continue walking down, and when you walk this long, <laughs> long stone path, like literally this caravan of like carts and people kind of carrying their goods, and it is, I mean. You've never declared a fear of heights, but you undoubtedly get a little bit anxious walking these long Gorgonzola's never paths. been on a mountain before. Yes, and you look down and you see several hundred feet below you is Flat where the valley is. Flat plains is usually where I'm at, so mm-hmm. I think we can confirm that Gorgonzola is like a little bit. Also, maybe after like watching Smite fall down the library, <laughs> she's like kind of having flashes of that, like... That would hurt so much more. I would definitely die. Yep. You get a huge vertigo kind of pull as you look <laughs> over and you feel Erza's like hand kind of pull you back a little bit. Stay away from the edge. Yeah. Um, you guys don't like guardrails here, huh? Great wave. You know, sifting through those who can come in and out of the city. That's what they say anyways. I would, personally speaking, I think guardrails would be a good idea. I'm just, you know, I'm just, that's what the, the policy is. Right. Right. Right, well, uh, <laughs> having the weirdest interactions with her. Um, she leads you forward, and you guys pat, like walk up to the next gate, and um, she just nods to the guards who let you walk through. Mm-hmm. Um, and this happens two, three, four, five times until you're finally at this kind of final gate. Mm-hmm. Each check going through, Erza is kind of like making some small talk or like making some nods. But in general, you get the gist that people will do anything to stop talking with her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people are like, become the next guard's problem. Yes, exactly. They're like, just, just go. And those who she doesn't have that effect on, you can see that in a similar way to um, that first guard that she interacted with, it's kind of a like... Um, they feel like 
a little ashamed that they're talking to her. So it's like you have a mix of people who are just like, just get the fuck out of my hair. Right. And then a mix of people who are kind of like, yeah, like, it's cool. Don't don't make a thing Talk of it. Yeah, like, yeah, and no, it's just like, keep it quiet. Like, I don't want the attention of the other guards on this. But eventually you are led all the way up to this massive, brutalist stone fortress that is just perched into the mountainside leading into the city of Balderheim. You see that there are these massive geometric towers that like look over this kind of vast set of valleys, each of them manned by a number of what looks like dwarven warriors and golden fist affiliated warriors kind of you see like jewel tones must be like the colors of the, some of the various houses but then you also see predominantly red and gold soldiers um and the biggest feature of color on any of these structures are these massive golden and red banners bearing the golden fist mm -hmm. as you approach that kind of no matter how amazed you are at the the, the gargantuan stone structure before you you can't help but be like a little bit soured by seeing the the empire's kind of symbology over everything. So tacky. It would totally look really nice without the banners. Yes, I'll tell you. You know, many people were not a fan of when the empire, you know, came in and essentially just threw their shit everywhere. But yeah, how do you feel about that? Well, if it were up for me, the decision would have never been made because we are dwarves. We should rule ourselves, and we do not owe an, our allegiance to anyone but each other and Moradin. Okay, I can see that. This is foolishness. Yeah, like outsiders. Yeah, I mean, we are just... Well, it's more just bending to this this emperor. It's right. This He's trying to control, but he doesn't know what's right for dwarves. He doesn't know anything that's going on here. Thankfully, he sends his soldiers to, you know, get slaughtered by the draconic forces, but... You know, in general, it's, it could have been more tactfully handled. But that's the Drake Bashers for you. Interesting. Um, and you guys continue forward towards this final gate bearing the massive carving of King Drake Basher, first of his name. Um, the golden banners kind of fluttering slightly in the cold breeze. And you head inside. What does the statue look like? The statue itself is... It is the size of the door, so over 60 feet in, mm. in like, height. Um, and the statue itself is this kind of handsome-looking, square-faced dwarf with this beautiful, like, braided beard, clearly of this amazing stonework being done there. There is a eye patch over one of the two eyes uh, and what looks like some, like, burn marks on that half of the face but they have like a full mane of hair that is like beautifully braided. Uh, and though, again, it's, this is a sculpture, so it's like, there's not like a lot of colors or anything, yeah. but there's a lot of like pride and evocative sort of emotion coming from it. Gorgonzola just looking up at one more fucking person who has one eye. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot People of one eye in this world, energy huh? in this, in my story here. Ah, uh, yes, he lost that in a, in a battle with in one battle. of the dragons, yes. Oh, wow. Yes. That's pretty sick. Well, uh, you know, the drink bashers, they're fine. They're whatever. No, yeah, I just mean losing your your eye in a fight against a dragon is pretty sick. I almost lost my arm in a fight against a dragon. That is far more interesting than whatever losing your I eye. I show her the scar. <laughs> Damn. You are good to team up with. You are very smart and very strong. We can do good. Thanks. Still got the arm. Thank goodness. You'd be a lot more trouble going through these mountains with one arm, I'll tell you. 
Anyways, walking through these largest stone doors, you finally enter into the Mountain Kingdom, an ancient civilization tucked beneath these dangerous peaks. Just inside the gates is a long hall supported by pillars as tall as the buildings that you had seen in Aurelia. These towering pillars that are just carved into the stone, kind of heading upwards. Each is mostly geometric in style, you know, that simple kind of brutalist but clean sort of cut. But then every so often you see these beautiful detailed etchings of like dwarven prayers and artwork inscribed into each, kind of bringing up pop of brilliant stonework amongst the kind of simpler, kind of more straightforward elements. Mosaics of multicolored stones and glowing crystals cover this arch ceiling very, like, at least like a hundred or so plus feet above you, depicting this victory of the dwarven families over these dragon lords two millennia ago. Lord Thundor Drakebasher, based on the um, door that you had just walked through, you see him in full battle with this purple dragon, kind of crushing the skull with this gorgeous looking hammer, platinum with gold dwarven runes and pastel gems that give it a sort of opalescent glow. And he is being kind of flanked alongside with a number of other dwarves. And then in the distance, you see a silver dragon and a bronze dragon engaging into more combat with some of the other dragon lords with like hordes of various soldiers working with them against these draconic forces depicting one clearly one of the major battles of the malediction as we're walking in and i'm seeing all this around me i am very uh transfixed by these crazy carvings but also my eyes kind of like zoom in on like the glowing crystals and i'm like hey they have these in you know in the capital too do you see them once you get up into the mountains oh yes this entire Inside of the mountains is little bit. Many geodes make up pockets of the area. So the crystals are very common. What about out of the tunnels? Like once you get into... Like if you're walking the pass on the peaks and not in yeah. the actual peaks? Um, uh, not really. Mostly you see them inside underground. Mm, underground. But okay. yeah, they're pretty much used. And she gestures and you see that there are like... Instead of lit torches, you see these crystal sconces, like, you know, similar to actually what you had seen in the Omnimalan fortresses. You see that there are basically these crystals are being used as a general light source, casting this pastel glow over everything. Cool. Excellent aesthetic. I love it. Thank you. It's very, it's very unique to Balderheim. You know, no one does it like us. Yeah. <laughs> um, you um, kind of walk continuing into this chamber and you see that there are lines of various folk kind of before these very long wooden desks where other dwarves in kind of fancier red and gold uniforms are checking papers. Um, and you see Erza kind of does a look around a little bit and goes, ah, um, and makes a beeline for this one individual who's kind of at the end of this first row. And as she approaches, you see this dwarven woman kind of red, brown hair, like shorter, kind of trimmed beard, mm -hmm. um, taking notes behind her desk. Um, the two of you approach. Um, she continues to scribble until Erza goes, <clears throat> and you see the dwarf just, <sighs> what do you want, Grabba? Gritting her teeth, blue eyes narrowed. And cheeks beginning to go from a pale gray-white to a darker purple. Erza smiles. Guten Tag, Marge. How are you doing on this fine morning? morning? Um, Marge, as you now know her to be, looks up at Erza with these dark brown eyes, unshaken. Then looks to you, then back down to the parchment to resume her Guten writing. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. 
As good as any day, Lovine. And you see, Ezra goes, yes, yes, praise him, of course, Moradin, yes. Uh, and how is your husband? And Marge pauses for a moment, but then continues writing. He's fine. Ezra nods. That's wonderful, isn't it, Zola, right? You guys got kids? Oh, yes, you do, don't you? How is the children? They are fine. Ah, uh, and yes, and how is Ilsa? And with that, this dwarven woman freezes. Her eyes slowly look up from her paper, and you see that she is bright red with fury. Marge, just glaring at the two of you, Erza continues, Oh, I was just talking to her the other day, and she was saying you visited late last night. Oh, I don't know if... And then before she could, like, say any more, this woman slams her fist on the table, and there's a boom that echoes throughout this entire chamber. No longer stoic, this dwarven woman is clearly infuriated. She is beet red, and there are many glances being cast over to you all now. Erza just calmly now, smiling, now that she's finally hit a nerve, she feels clearly more confident. Which Elsa was that? I don't think I know her. Oh, you would love Elsa. She is, um, and this woman goes, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Elsa goes, gladly, if you let us in. Just taking this young lady on a, uh, a trip through the mountains. Real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Let's go, go right through. We are going to have you now both roll a charisma check of your choosing. Okay. Erza is trying to intimidate this woman into signing you guys in. I will also intimidate. Okay. I'm just going to uh, generally, you know, grin, and I'm adding to the conversation, heightening the tension, <laughs> seeing that there's some juicy blackmailing going on over here. All right, it's going to be, it is a higher DC, and this is an average that we have to hit, okay? okay? Dirty 20. Dirty 20. You actually did better than Erza in this scenario. Hold on one second. Plus, uh, plus three to my intimidation now. I'm so excited. Oh, shit. Yeah. The DC was 15. And with your 20 and her 13, the average just happens to be 16, like 0.5. <laughs> you see that there is a brief moment where you watch Marge's eyes kind of look towards the guards who have at this point cast a glance over, kind of like, is everything okay? And she kind of waves and nods them off. Fine. Just keep your mouth shut. Don't ruin this for me. Ersa goes, oh, no, no, I would never. Your happiness is... Is paramount to everything. So we're good? We're good? We're good here. Yeah, we're good here? We're good here. Me and my friend are good to go through? I feel like we're good here. Right. All right, well, um, she passes her password up, and you watch as Marge, without breaking eye contact, stamps it, and then closes it Wishing and slides it back. Wishing you all the best. Wow. She, isn't she so nice? You are, Baderheim is blessed that you're bringing such an individual into it. And you see Marge just goes, mm, and then looks at you. If you kill her on the way, it would be a benefit for everyone. I will keep that in mind. And Erza just smiles and turns and heads out of line, heading down <laughs> the hall further. I catch up with Erza. Is everyone gay here? No. Well, maybe some. I don't, I don't know everyone's life. But I'll tell you this. You, you pay enough attention and you talk to the right people and you could learn a lot of hot gossip here. You're really good at getting your way around without swinging your fists. I'm kind of the opposite. I can do both if we'd like. I mean, when when time when push comes to shove, we will 
We'll both be able to flex it. We'll pull that out at the bar tonight, for sure. Right, yes. We'll leave that for the bar. It's better not to do that kind of self found in the open. Sometimes all you need to do is gently nudge people. Zola taking notes. (laughs) Yes, write that down. (laughs) Still, and also (laughs) writing down notes. Um, You two Be emotionally manipulative. (laughs) Get goss extort people (laughs) um you two head past these various lines of dwarves and other kin kind of checking in and attempting to get inside erza almost a skip in her step uh you guys head towards the main gate on the far end of this long chamber emblazoned with gorgeous stone structures of ancient dwarven warriors and you pass by more of these heavily armored guards in gold and red plate mail to allow this kind of small group of people that have gotten already checked in into the actual caverns below. You see before you this long, long cavern, probably about the length of like, like, or the length and width of like a highway. It's incredibly large and these massive stone steps that just extend all the way down, illuminated by these greenish and purplish kind of pastel crystal lights. And you begin to make your way down these stairs. Gorgonzola at like, even the vague suggestion of going underground again just stops for a moment where she stands, shivers, and then keeps walking. Oh, what was wrong? Are you okay? I just really love having the sun on my back. Do you not like being underground? Yeah, kind of a farm girl thing, you know? Oh, okay. Well, would you say it matters enough to you that you would pay extra to go a route that does not take us through mostly tunnels? It doesn't. Okay, I just had to check. That was not me trying to get money from you. For sure. That was me saying that it is the planned route is going to be very underground. I'll stomach times. it. Okay. Just wanted to check this. I was okay. You know, I've had claustrophobic patrons before. Just taking one last, you know, good, clean breath. Important to do. <sighs> and then she proceeds down the stairs. You get a there's a vibe of pride like she she loves this city and she clearly enjoys being here but she doesn't fit in and you watch as she like walks proudly through these like crowds of people many of the dwarves kind of like look her way and like sneer or like just kind of like roll their eyes at her as she kind of just smile plastered across her face kind of makes her way further and further deeper and deeper Uh, And as you guys go deeper, it does get a bit warmer. Now being inside is already warmer, but going lower under the ground starts to feel a little bit more like steamy to the point in which you have to like unzip your puffy jacket (laughs) and kind of, um, thank God you had already rolled up some of the sleeves and stuff (laughs) because it's, it gets like pretty warm down here. Um, And you walk past a network of tunnels and stone channels similar to like these kind of slides these that seem to be kind of carved into the wall and you watch as people will like walk out of like these tunnels and approach these stone channels and place a box in it Um, and you watch there's like a flash of light as it zips down the channel kind of zipping deeper into the caverns you enter into what you learn from Erta as zip Arbeit district, the working district. You see, just in this first glance, there are kind of these indoor farms that have been placed. You see that there are kind of these glowing caverns off this kind of main path that you see that you watch as like dwarves are kind of plucking fungi and placing them in carts. And this seems to be where the vast like 
bulk of work is being done for the city mm-hmm. and you know aside from like the farms that are on these little like almond these little green pastures outside mm-hmm. most of the bulk of the industry is inside the mountain you see lines of dwarves working with hammers and picks kind of carving new tunnels and exploring what you might expect to be mines you begin to smell not only like a musty smell but also like a smoky smell and you notice that there are like these bright orange glows coming from certain tunnels as you pass by Erzl just dwarven ingenuity at its finest it's amazing I've never seen anywhere like this place before it's huge it's massive this is the crown jewel of dwarves in Emeralia this is the first mountain I've ever seen in my life except for on the horizon wow it's this... a good mountain thank you it is it They're is a very good mountain good, right? no Definitely not. The Orbos Mountains are definitely the most dangerous, and the Baldurheim Mountain is the most beautiful. Um, just to wait, the city center is its incredible. Heimat is such a wonderful place to hang out. Um, I don't always get to spend a lot of time there, but when I do, lots of fun. Um, well, we're at least going to two bars. At least two bars, maybe more. <laughs> and she kind of gestures and goes, these are forges uh, run by the Stark drugs. Um, they kind of manage the mining and such here, and a lot of the, the Hefeschutz run the agricultural kind of in and out of the mountains. You know, every family here has, you know, an industry that they control, so just be wary of that as you kind of go about. Okay. You continue to walk for quite some time. Um, she told you that this was going to take several hours, and this journey has already taken, like, two and a half, three, mm-hmm. just from the time you left Kieselkopf to getting to inside the, like, the Vilkomen Center um, was like two and a half hours, and you've been walking for quite some time down this kind of long channel filled with many large caverns. So do you have a lot of, like, I'm sorry to ask so many questions, and please tell me if I'm asking anything too personal and I'll lay off, but did you grow up inside Kieselkopf or here? But I, I was raised my my grandma. Um, mm-hmm. She, uh, God rest her soul, she lived out here in you know the, in Arbeit. Right. Um, but she, you know, she she told me all these stories when I was younger of the kind of life that we had uh, should have. Yeah. And you know, I she was resigned to staying in her place, but I was not. So I, kind of, when I was old enough, left and. Uh, move to Kieselkopf so I can just have a place to myself. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, I've been I've been living there ever since, and it's wonderful. Honestly, it's it's wonderful. Way way better than living in here. My grandma made the worst choice. It was a bad choice to stay in here. Yeah, kind of stuffy. Oh yeah, so stuffy. No wind. So stuffy. <laughs> Huge caverns. <laughs> Huge caverns. There's a slight breeze in here. <laughs> yeah, she made the wrong choice. Uh, God rest her soul. Yeah, I kind of get that, too, because it's like, you know, my my family, you know, my not that I really I didn't know my mom. She was a she was an or, she was an orc. My dad was a human, but I don't I didn't know my mom. But, you know, my dad decided to keep me in in Paddlewick and different from, you know, the stories I hear about other orcs. Yeah, I mean, I've never left Baldurheim. What's it like out there? Is- Oh, well, just, I mean, mostly just like a different way of life, like living in a different culture than the one that I guess my like I would have if I had been like an orc 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, the orcs had I was I was very young 
but yeah, but yeah. they had a whole kingdom and stuff. Yeah. So now, Formaggi. It's, yeah, exactly. Um, but pa- I mean, Paddlewick is fine. It's mostly wheat. Um, it's on the sea, mm. so there's docks. Wow, the sea. What's the sea like? Oh, the sea's amazing. I mean, I I sailed the whole thing practically. Wow. Uh, from Paddlewick down to Aurelia, and it's amazing. It's dangerous. There are crazy birds that will dive down on your ship, and there's giant dragons in the sea and floating cities. I mean, just like this, it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. Well, you can't find dragons here, at least, so that's in common. But yeah. um, yes, it's 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 different here. Um, is it? Do you, is it as limiting as it is here? Uh, you know, is are people? I mean, judgmental. Not to each other, to me a little, because it's mostly, you know, humans, so. Ah. But it's it's nice, they have a good community, and it's, the town, you know, provides for itself. It's still, you know, we still have a, a lord of, of the empire, so, right. you know, we have to give food and other things that we grow over to the empire, so it could be better, but... Um, it's still a beautiful place, and yeah, when the sun rises over the sea and you know hits the wheat in the morning, it's beautiful. Wow, that's my Balderheim. Well said. Give me an insight check. Okay. Sixteen. Sixteen. You get a flicker of guilt across Eretz's face, and at that moment, she goes, "Ah, we're almost here." Um, and she kind of hustles forward a little bit um, as the tunnel opens up into this massive central chamber. It makes what you just walked through look like a small, like, storage cavern. This is a gigantic, not cavern, but geode with massive, beautiful crystals bursting from the stone all around you, glittering and glowing. I want to be inside a geode. That sounds sick. (laughs) It is so beautiful. It is you are kind of standing on the stairs end and there's this stone platform that just looks out over this vast jeweled city. It is the first true district, though Erza informs you that people do live, and you know, she told you her grandmama, she lived in the kind of Arbeit district. This looks like the first proper city that you are seeing aside from Kiselkov. It is, there are not only a number of like simple brutalist structures and like rings kind of going inwards towards what looks to be these easily cloud carver sized like spires, six of them positioned around this central square. And then directly above them is what Erza describes to you as the Drake Basher Donjon. It is the home of the royal family. Um, and you see that it's basically, it looks like a full-fledged castle that is upside down, built into the roof of this geode cavern, kind of covered in these crystals and directly mirroring these like six geometric spires with pyramid-like roofs that are around the central plaza. She kind of points out and she goes, the six towers represent each one of the families and you know they live there and manage their business as such and above them the Drake Bashers watch over all our wunderbar protectors. It's kind of intense. <sighs> yeah, beautiful, isn't it? Gorgeous. Someday I hope to live in one of these spires. Or perhaps have my own built. Yeah, why not seven? 
That's a magical number, right? That would be eight, counting the Drake Bash. And oh, the right, right, right. Yes. But it's also Good. a magical Balance number. Balance it out. Even. I, you know, these are the kind of things I say to them, and they, they do not understand. Have you ever thought about traveling outside of Balderham, besides through the mountains? Like, have you ever thought about seeing any any uh, other parts of Emeralia? No. Why would I do that? I'm. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm going on, like, a tour. Am I, well, here's the thing. Do you have any sort of goal in mind for your tour? Are you working towards something? Because I'm working towards something. Oh, um, yeah. Well, I'm keeping my options open, but I have some things in mind. What? And you look at her. She looks kind of a little peeved right now. Mm. I would like to uh, maybe meet more of my family because I didn't get to know them growing up. More orcs. If possible. I can understand that. Wanting to meet family. Yeah. Do you know anything about your family? Uh, it's all a little vague and mostly things other people have told me. I know that feeling. I, you know, I didn't get a lot of stories. Like, my dad didn't talk much about my mom growing up, so it's probably why I felt more compelled to go seek out that information. Makes yeah. sense if all the information is here, you mm. would want to work on that here. Yeah, I mean, I, I leave the city to, you know, nobles have money. Nobles have things that dignify their nobility. So I go out and I, I am acquiring those things. Um, and I am actually seeking a, a specific thing that will um, sort of prove my worth here in the city. So I What's ask... a specific thing? We'll talk more, perhaps, over drinks. Uh, okay. Uh, and, you, and you kind of see she, like, looks around at that, and you see, like, the nearby, like, dwarven guards just, like, glare at her and, like, roll their eyes and look away. Ah, yes, let's actually get out of the open here. Uh, I'm good. It's hot. I'm hot. Are you hot? I'm sweating. Let's go get a drink. Okay. All right. And she kind of leads you down these many, many stairs towards the beautiful, glittering city that is Balderheim. And that is where we're going to end our episode today. Hmm. 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 Lana, it says hot and cold a lot. She's got an interesting thing going on. Yep. That's someone, you know, we've all got someone <laughs> like that. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Try Not to Die. Uh, thank you especially to our Eldritch patrons. If you would like to become an Eldritch patron, go to patreon.com slash try not to die pod one so close to our musical goal still so close so close go and be a patron for like a month like 20 of you go do it and we'll have to do this 55th episode five things you can do easy to support us leave a review follow us on spotify um add us to playlists on spotify i think that 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 helps with the algorithm helps with the algae wow Um, follow us on instagram Follow us on Twitter. Come talk to us over on Twitter. I talk to everyone over on Twitter. We're having a great time over there. Instagram, owned by Mark Zuckerberg. I post pictures there. Twitter, I'm talking to you guys. It's true. We're having a great time. I I don't monitor our Instagram, but I'm more present there. So if you want to talk to someone, go talk to Lisa on Twitter. Um, and actually, you every one of those things you just said was going to be my second plug. Perfect. So you absolutely <laughs> nailed it. 
Stole um, them out of your mouth. So, uh, my, uh, my plugs. Um, so, yeah, thank you again for listening. Any Anything else you want to plug? That's it. That's right. it. Well, this is coming out in December. So, I guess we're probably gearing up for the holidays now. Future us. Hello. Future us. Hello. Um, what would you get for Christmas? Ooh, tell me. <laughs> you better be sharing your gift with me. Um, so, you know, thank you so much for listening as we come up at the end of this year. Our second Our year. Our second year. Um, we are so happy to have all of you following and listening, and we cannot wait to keep telling this story. Until next time, try not to die. All hail our Eldritch patrons! Especially Anita, Ashley, Becca B, Colleen, Eclair, Alana, Emily, Jacob, James, Kate, May, Morgan, Matt, Nicola, Paige, Roni, Sahara, and of course, our producer Patty, Patrick Bronstetter, and producer Daddies, Becca Mount, and Rose Evelyn Campbell. We thank you for these podcasting powers and promise to raise hell in your names. Till next time, try not to die.